You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Tracy Murda with the Future Tech Podcast. This morning, I am very excited to welcome special guest Saeed Hussain, CEO of Liquidity Digital. Liquidity Digital is a startup with the vision to go ahead and develop the most scalable and interoperable blockchain infrastructure to solve pressing issues in capital formation. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me so early. I guess it's not so Thank early. You. You're about an hour ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I think. I think it's 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 more early for you than it is for me. And you're like, like, listen, I'm a Wall Street guy, so our day starts a lot earlier oh. the world. It also ends a lot earlier than for the rest of the world as well. Your day never. Oh, sorry, ends, not a lot. No, no. I'm sorry. I said a lot earlier. It starts a lot earlier than the rest of the world, and it ends way later than most of the world. I was just going to say, you're kind of working around the clock. Well, why don't you jump in and tell us a little bit about, well, no, I want to know a lot about Liquidity Digital and what you you guys are aiming to do. Absolutely. So Liquidity, it's, uh, you know, what, when, when, you, when you gave the intro, it was, uh, you know, it was quite a mouthful, right, where we're looking to, with what we're looking to accomplish. Essentially, for let me try to explain it for, for, for the layman, right? The way that I say it is uh, traditional forms of capital formation are simply not keeping pace with what the demands are for capital formation, given the increasingly accelerated pace of growth that the world is experiencing, right? So the internet, uh, internet 1.0 came and, and took us to a completely different level. Internet 2.0 came to the point where we are now, and this is where blockchain comes in and brings in the, the, the realm of internet 3.0. And within that, what we're doing is through blockchain, right? So you've got this protocol in which trust and incentivization is inherent within it. And uh, through this, what that allows you to do is disintermediate. Well, if you can disintermediate, then all of a sudden what you're doing is you're bringing in efficiency into a particular process. Uh, which then leads to efficiency being within a company, to efficiency being within an industry, and all of a sudden, you're changing the way that everything functions. So with liquidity, what we're doing is we're, we're looking to, to apply blockchain technology in a regulated, compliant manner, and that's crucial, is the regulated and compliant manner, uh, and bring that to the capital markets. So taking the same notions of how traditional capital formation works and uh, by automating it and putting it onto the blockchain through 
through what we call digital security issuances. And uh, these digital securities are going to essentially be programmable smart contracts in which, uh, in, in which you've already, where things have already been agreed upon in terms of how they're going to be executed. And, uh, and what that will lead to is that leads to from the, it leads to uh, qualified issuances being put in front of qualified investors and essentially globalizing and democratizing the capital market, specifically markets which traditionally have been illiquid. So what liquidity is doing, uh, liquidity digital, what we're doing is we're building an end-to-end ecosystem which will allow for the uh, for, for this entire process to take place. So Said, what was it that inspired you or what was it that kind of you know, give me a little bit more on your, your background in particular as to how you even, you know, recognize the need. Oh boy. Um, you know, all right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you, I'll give you my background. Hold up my coffee uh, cup. So go, go for it. We could sit here all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll give you my background, but I'll give you the, I'll I'll preface it by saying this as well. Right. Um, as far whenever I hear, you know, what inspired me and whatnot, uh, I would love to sit back here and say that, man, you know, I'm such a, I'm such a sharp guy. This is what I figured out and here's where it was. And this is how he came up with it. The reality is this, right? The reality is that what, what ultimately what led to all this is uh, I've just been blessed to have been surrounded by people that are way, way, way smarter than I am. And I just listen to them. I listen to what, what it is that they're saying and where they've been going. And then and I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do it. So <laughs> that's really been my secret sauce is to surround myself with people that are a lot sharper, a lot smarter than I am. And uh, that's essentially been, the, been, been the, the reason behind the success of liquidity and what it is that we're doing. Uh, my background is I am a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I launched my first company when I was a senior in high school, which was right around the time that the dot-com boom was taking off. And, uh, and, and again, I didn't know much about the industry at the time, but I knew people that did. So I partnered up with them. And, uh, and, and by the time I graduated high school, I had an opportunity to jump into the fortune 500 world. So, uh, I was with, I was with GE, GE corporate. And, uh, from there I started getting exposure toward various business units of GE. Um, and they dabbled in everything. But the one that intrigued me the most was GE Capital. From there, I started to get more and more exposure towards the capital markets. And, uh, and then I decided to jump uh, headfirst into it. So I went to go work for Wall Street. I was at Credit Suisse. Um, and then uh, spent a couple of years there um, and, and just learned. You know, it, was, it was a great way for me to understand both uh, the, the marriage of emerging technology with uh, emerging finance and understanding the whole notion around how the world of finance works from that to financial engineering and creativity within that industry and how technology um, leads to innovation um, across the board. So my last corporate gig, I used to be the, uh, I used to be, uh, the head of data analytics for Newberger Berman, which used to be the asset management division of, uh, of, of Lehman Brothers. I went in uh, post Lehman collapse when uh, when when the powers that be at Newberger decided they didn't want to be a part of the new Barclays entity, and uh, I went in to, during the, the split and essentially built the built that that laid the groundwork for their uh, business intelligence and then what what evolved into data data analytics division. Um, built that out from from the ground up, and then uh, and then a couple of years into that, the entrepreneurial bug started nipping at me again. 
So I decided to, uh, to, to leave that world and started a company focusing on uh, artificial intelligence, data visualization, um, natural language processing, and ended up getting picked up by a larger firm that was looking to expand into the Northeast. So it was there for a while and then ended up getting poached by a larger firm, which was focusing on digital transformation. And uh, in between those two firms, that's where I came across this thing called Bitcoin and uh, initially came into this, uh, came into Bitcoin as a cynic. I'm like, well, what is this thing? I'm someone who understands technology. And I'm, so- <laughs> I'm like, I'm someone, I'm someone who understands this, you know, technology and I'm someone who understands capital markets. I'm going to be that guy who's going to expose this thing for the fraud that it is. So, uh, so rolled up my sleeves and I'm like, well, there's a lot of opinions being thrown around. Um, but let me formulate my own. So I went directly to the source. I went to Satoshi's white paper and I started reading it. And what was supposed to be a 15 minute read turned out to be a two and a half hour analysis where I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. Every sentence I'm like, holy crap, this thing is just going to, this thing is so much more than what people are, 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 you know, calling it. And most people have no idea about the implications of this thing and where it's going to be. So it, that was it for me. That was the aha moment where, where I didn't know, but not an aha moment for a solution, but just an aha moment in realizing that we're on the brink of something far greater than what most people even think of, uh, of this. And immediately I was like the impact that the internet had on the way that we interact with each other is going to be the impact that this blockchain technology is going to have on the way that we transact with each other. And, uh, and, and immediately I was like, this is what, this is it. This is my calling. This is what I need to get into. So I started to immerse myself in just learning more and more and more about it. And the one area where I saw an immediate need for was, uh, was was what I called uh, the tokenization of assets, real world assets, and the ability to be able to digitize and securitize them onto the blockchain. And uh, I was going to go off and launch a firm focusing on that when I came across, uh, I needed someone on the back end to be able to execute on the technology. And that's where I came across BankX and um, met with the with the founder and the CEO of BankX. They had a really interesting uh, uh project that they were developing uh, around what they called the proof of asset protocol. And, uh, and, and it was something that was executed right. It was something that I was like, yeah, this is, this, this is it. Our visions align. Um, so when I spoke with him, he said, look, why don't you, we're well-funded, uh, come on board and join us as our, as, as uh, you know, one of our key executives. So I joined the organization as their global chief commercial officer. Um, and then eventually I was, uh, I, I climbed up the ranks and I was, I ended up becoming the CEO of the Americas and was building that out and, you know, just found, again, was very extremely fortunate to just have a rock star team uh, on the Americas side that we were, we were building this thing out. And, but then when I started to see that, you know, while it's, most people tend to put a focus on the vision and the ideas, but what I always say, and again, this is coming from a serial entrepreneur, but ideas are a dime a dozen, right? I don't put much value in ideas. To me, it's always about the ability to execute. And if you lack that ability to execute and your path of execution is not right, then nothing is going to come about. And our, our, for, for what we were doing here in the Americas, that started to deviate from what, uh, what, what the rest of the organization was doing. Our path to execution was, was, was a bit different. Um, I wanted to focus more on the institutional aspect uh, and the, the blockchain aspect of it. Uh, rather than the crypto and the retail aspect of, of things. So that's where the deviation occurred. And uh, and, and I said, listen, it, it doesn't make sense uh, for, 
for us to continue battling back and forth around this. Uh, so I resigned in January. I told the team, and immediately the team followed suit as well. And uh, that was that was essentially the genesis of liquidity. So uh, you know, myself along with our uh, two co-founders, Marina Shostak and uh, Chitin Jane, um, our CTO, and really the, the the brains behind all of this, right? Um, we we came together, and uh, we that's where liquidity came into uh, came into existence. So fast forward into April, and uh, and you know here we are, and we're well on our way to developing our uh, <clears throat> building out our platform. We've uh, we've got more issuances on our way, you know, just quality issuances that we're looking to do our due diligence on, continue to build this thing out, and we're looking to educate the rest of the world in terms of the impact of this technology and what it means. So here we are now. I love that this started with you trying to debunk Bitcoin. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I think I think that's uh, you know I was on a I was just talking about this on a previous podcast that uh, that, that I was on. And I mentioned to them, you know, that kind of a mindset is what's needed in our industries. I think, I think one of the things, and without getting too political and turning this thing into a political conversation, but I think one of the things that's lacking in, in, in the world today is our ability to be able to have, um, you know, healthy conversations um, mm-hmm. from opposing perspectives. I think that if we have more and more of those, that's, that's where the real value is going to come out of. Um, so more than I, I actually enjoy conversations with people that have opposing perspectives from me than, uh, than people that share in on the same perspectives. Because with the people that share in on the same perspectives, it's just an echo chamber. I'm not learning anything. Um, but right. with those that oppose, I'm constantly growing and getting better and better as a result of it. And I think if we were to apply that same concept into the world of blockchain, I think you're going to start to see this thing grow by orders of magnitude. Look what happens when you challenge it, you know? And like you said, opposing views often opens up a lot more windows. I mean, the news today should keep you busy then. There's <laughs> all sorts of shit going on. <laughs> well, the problem is if I start to look at the news, then I won't be able to, I won't be able to do anything else. Don't. I know. There's, I haven't even turned CNN yeah, on Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's too much. <laughs> well, let's get back to talking a little bit more specifically about liquidity digital and the process. I like to look at, um, you know, give me like a, a real use case from kind of start to, to finish as to how it would work throughout your process. Sure, sure. Um, so, okay, I'll give you a real use case without getting into specifics in terms of uh, yes. history. Or layman's case, history. layman's case, please. Layman's <laughs> case, let's do it that way. Um, so in today, right, the one, the one issue that across the board uh, that people need is if you're an entrepreneur, if you're looking to raise capital, uh, there's you're very limited in your ability to raise capital, right? The biggest the, you look, it takes money to make money, and right now, you know, the, the question is, well, if it takes money to make money, how am I going to get that money that's going to take in order for me to make? And uh, that's where the, the capital formation process comes in, right? Uh, there's there's an entire industry that deals with, uh, with with capital formation, and we call that capital markets. And, and the problem is that there's a massive cost that's associated with uh, with traditional forms of capital raises, right? Um, and the reason behind that is because, yes, we have a very, very mature industry 
uh, it's been around for yeah, it's been around for, for for you know not decades but centuries. But and it's been it's been an evolving process. However, with where technology is today, and with the sort of market demands that are needed, we need to get more and more creative. We need to get more innovative about this whole capital formation process. And the reality is that the capital markets and the way that they're structured right now, and I should know I come from them, it's 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 incredibly incredibly inefficient. Inefficient in the sense that um, you know, with, with they don't have the ability to be able to capitalize on the existing technology because all of the technology that's being that that's being leveraged is built off of legacy systems. Well, in comes in this technology called blockchain, which now gives you the ability to to, to completely disintermediate and where it doesn't necessarily have a dependency on the old legacy systems. Now, all of a sudden, the world starts to wake up and says, oh, okay, if we can actually incorporate this in and do it in a way which is, is, which is regulatory compliant and automate the process, and all of a sudden, it's the, 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 the overall evolution of the space is right in front of us, and it's, it's, it's going to happen very, very quickly, right? It's going to occur at a very rapid pace. So, um, so with liquidity, what we're doing is we are enabling that, that process of disintermediation um, and, and who are doing so through the build out of our platform. So if you're someone who is, uh, you have to meet certain qualifications, right? For, from, from our perspective. So, so long as you have the number one requirement is that you need to be a quality issuance. In other words, you need to have a solid business model behind what it is that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're seeking to raise the capital for. This is not the wild, wild west of the ICO days where Anyone had any silly idea, and we're going to do that because it's all of our reputations that are on the line. And again, at the same time, what we're also looking to do is we're looking to bring this to, we're looking to create a healthy market, and a healthy market gets created through quality, not necessarily quantity. So while the focus in the past uh, within the industry has been on quantity, now that shift is starting to occur where now the focus is on quality. So the number one criteria for us is whether it's an actual quality issuance that we're putting on generally. It's going to be something that you know is asset back has some sort of an asset that's backing it, um, and and then what we do is then we take a look at it, the, the the amount of the raise. So if it's something that we're in order for you to come on board at a minimum, unless we see some some imminent strategic value in it, it needs to be at a minimum a ten million dollar raise. So um, you know that would so once once you know that. It comes in. Then what we're doing is we're we're digitizing that entire process. We're going to structure the deal where we work with, uh, you know, we're working with folks from the traditional markets, and we're bringing this technology to them that will allow them to automate the whole process of, uh, you know, when you're doing a capital raise, all of the components that uh, that, that, that that go into it, right? So things like uh, due diligence, um, KYC, AML, AIV, right? Um, if, for those that don't actually understand the uh, uh, the terminology I can I can I, I can go with the details around that so KYC know your customer AML and anti-money laundering AID uh, accredited investor checks right all those regulatory components that are needed uh, before one can one can actually do an issuance or invest in something they're all automated there uh, that gets put together then there's the actual structuring of the deal and the issuance of the security uh, whether it's going to be a digital security in the format of equity or in the form of uh, a debt instrument, we're going to put that out. Then 
then it's the creation of a smart contract that's going to govern how the transaction will actually occur both pre and post issuance, uh, taking custody of the asset. And then there's a distribution channels. Once the security has been issued, um, you know, which, which, if, which exchange is it going to get listed on so that you can actually get liquidity for those uh, that want liquidity, um, putting those out, distributing, distributing it out. And then the entire process, the, the entire life cycle of the security itself, right? Things like tax compliance, things like, uh, things like uh, dividend distributions, investor management, voting rights management, um, onboarding, uh, transfers, the entire life cycle of it will continue to be managed in an automatic in an automated way through the liquidity digital platform um, and in turn we're connecting them with, with investors who are who have an interest in investing within that particular asset class and by doing it by automating this entire process what we're doing is we're bringing quality issuers and we're marrying them with uh, quality investors on a global scale which in, in a highly economical way as compared to how the traditional markets work today. So how would you say, or who would you say is like your ideal partner? Partner in terms of clients or partner in terms of <coughs> our distribution channels? Not both. So look, I mean, I, I, think, I think I spoke about it earlier in terms of client, who our ideal client would be is someone who has a who, who actually has a business model? Look, the way that I explain this thing to people is, you know, anytime someone hears the word blockchain, we're living in a world of of, of hype when it comes to any sort of technology, not just blockchain, right? This happened during the this happened during uh, the Internet 1.0 days. It's happened during the Internet 2.0 days, and it's <clears throat> it's it's happening now with the Internet 3.0 as well. What we what what we need to do is we need to get away from the hype. Unfortunately, the problem is that you have two sides. You've got one side which, the moment they hear anything associated with blockchain, they're like, yeah, 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 this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And uh, then you have other guys on the other side of the spectrum who are like, oh, blockchain, oh, oh, nope, scam, fraud, don't want to deal with it, don't know, don't care, right? When the reality is that you have to you have to take it for what it is. Blockchain is nothing else but a tool that enables, it enables you to do things in a, in an efficient manner. What's crucial. So the way that I explain this to people is that, you know, digital securities, issuing a digital security for your platform, that's, that's the icing on the cake, right? When people are looking to buy, but what people are looking to buy, what's, what's, what's critical to understand is that what people are looking to buy is not the icing, which unfortunately is how most people sell these is, uh, you know, anything with blockchain on it, they're, they're selling icing. Um, people don't care about the icing. People care about the cake. And the cake is the actual investment that they're putting into, which means that the fundamentals of investments don't change, right? Is it something that, uh, you know, is, what's, what's your risk management strategy? How are you mitigating, how are you mitigating it? How, what, what are your governance controls in place? What does the management team comprise of? What's the return on the investment that I can look at, right? All the same things that people are going to be, are, are going to ask for a traditional investment remain true. So you need to have a quality investment that uh, you're looking to bring in front of uh, in front of a, an, an investor right so that's num that's the number one thing that we look for then once you have that then everything that digital security brings is just the icing on top of that which is going to make your investment even that <coughs> excuse me that much more lucrative for uh, for the investor and and they would take this before anything else because it's automated it's transparent 
it's efficient, right? And it brings in the one thing that every investor wants, which is liquidity across the board. Uh, so, so from a, so that's what we look for. What we're looking for is a quality, uh, a quality investment, right? Anything that would, because before we can, before we can put it onto our platform, we have to be sold on it. So if it's something that gets us excited, then yes, that's something that we're, you know, that, that, that we would put onto our platform. So that's, that's on the client side, on our distribution side, really what we're looking at is it's, it's people incorrectly think that we're, you know, we're, we're going to be people incorrectly assume that we're going to be in competition with the, uh, with the investment banks and with the, uh, with, with the distribution channels, because, you know, through our technology, we're going to replace them. Uh, look, it, this stuff is not going anywhere, right? Banking is not going anywhere. How banking is done is what's going to get uh, is what's going to get changed, right? Um, before, I mean, before banking was primarily done on on paper. Now it's uh, it's barely done on paper, right? So sim- sim- similar to that, the whole capital process, right? It's going to go digital. It's going to get automated, and you need to have some sort of a technology platform or some technology built out that's going to enable you to be able to do so. So rather than uh, you know the assumption that people have, which is that you know, there's a competition, they're actually they're embracing us because they're seeing our technology platform as being as being the one that's going to power the future of their business model moving forward. So for our distribution channels, what we're looking at is we're we're targeting and we're looking at a lot of the traditional players, that, the, those that bring that are looking for quality. Uh, issuers as well as those that have access to uh, the quality investors and they're leveraging our platform to automate that process. So what's on tap for Liquidity Digital in the rest of 2019 and going forward? Oh boy, a lot of uh, a lot of sleepless nights. It's uh, <laughs> for 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 us. Look, we are uh, we're a an incredibly incredibly fast growing uh, startup. And uh, we've been, you know, we've, we've really been just, just surpassing our own expectations. And believe me, we've, we've got very, very high expectations from ourselves. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a credit to the team that, uh, that we have. And, and so, and I'll, uh, I'll sort of uh, give you a little bit of a teaser, uh, but there, there should be an upcoming, there should be an upcoming announcement uh, in over the course of the, of the next uh, few weeks um, about, the fact that we're we got our, our our seed funding in as well, which means now if we thought that we had pressure before we had our funding, now we've got funding. You know, now that we have funding, the pressure has gone up even more. So it that means now we have to we have to perform even even more than where we thought we had to. So it's going to be in there's going to be three fronts that we're going to be operating on. The first one is on the continued build out of our technology platform. Um, the second one is going to be in terms of uh, bring, continuing to bring on quality issuances, um, bringing on the right clients. And then the third one is going to be continuing to build out our, our, our distribution channel and our partnerships. Um, and, and it's just it's just go, go, go from that point forward. So look out for look out for a variety of announcements across all three of these. And Saeed, what's the best way for people to get information or to, to reach out to you if they are interested in becoming involved? Well, I was going to say that um, I was going to say that the traditional way, which is, you know, feel free to email me at uh, Saeed at liquidity.digital. So Saeed, S-Y-E-D at liquidity.digital. 
but the reality is this this goes to show you the the insanity of how quickly technology evolved where every, you know we've gone from snail mail to email and now i barely even check my email now if you want to connect with me just uh, the best way to do so is going to be through social media so reach out to me on twitter uh follow me uh, it's at serial tech x so s-e-r-i-e-l-t-e-c-h-x uh the letter x so uh follow me on twitter serial tech x and uh, i'm pretty accessible any questions you guys have uh, let us know and like i said if you guys have a, uh, a quality issue you want and you want to explore the, the digital securities world or if you're interested in being a part of us uh being a part of this uh of, of this world and being a part of the pretty digital hit me up on the festival i'm here awesome i love that thank you so much again for our, our audience this was an awesome sit down with saeed hussein the ceo of liquidity digital thank you so much and i wish you the best of the rest of your day i'm sure it's a busy thank one you so much it's gonna be it's gonna be a long one but thank you i appreciate it <laughs> have a great long weekend <laughs> bye-bye you as well Bye. you're listening to the future tech podcast with richard jacobs future technologies such as artificial intelligence stem cells 3d printing gene editing bitcoin blockchain the microbiome quantum computing virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you.